Gamers, and welcome to another installment of The Midnight Run, brought to you by KWZD. We've got an excellent show for you today. Our gumshoe out on the street, Brandon Newton, has an interesting story about some wildlife that is turning this Minnesota town into a wild country. Uh, Jason McNally is going to break down some circuits for us on Circuit Breakdown and see the future of dentistry. And then, ready, set, that's right, roll. We've got Wilson Gordon in-house today, bringing us uh, some morbid truths and stories from your favorite board games. So buckle in, we've got a doozy of an episode today. This is KWZD. KWZD is member-supported content, so be sure to become a member today and get your... Free totes, that's right, a free tote uh, with any membership of any level and any tote you might want based on your donation size. So become a member today, it's very easy. Uh, send your first donation in a tote and receive that tote back later improved. That's right, our tote moat boat combo level that we have now on our Patreon. So uh, peep that when you can and uh, become a member today. This is KWZD. Up next is Gumshoe. Hello Gumshoes. It's Brandon Newman here. And in light of the recent ban on hunting wolves in Minnesota, there has been a wild uptick in home invasions involving parties who identify as wolves. Exploiting the ability to enter homes and ransack them completely unharmed. In today's show, we speak to victims, the man who's convinced he's a and the environmental lawyer protecting him. Now, we'll take some. First, we have homeowner Dan Stills, who has recently been a victim to a harrowing crime. And, uh, so harrowing. Yeah, I bet. Just, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. I guess I could tell you how, how it happened. Yeah, start there. I, I happened. was, I was sitting on my, my back porch, and this, this man, he just, he runs up, he takes one of my chickens, and just, just bites it, bite, bites into its wing. Chicken's screaming. And the man, the man's just rattling and shaking it all over the place. This was a man? Are you... He, he... It sounds like a wolf kind of activity to me. And I mean, he, he said he was a wolf when I started throwing rocks at him, and he said it was illegal that that I I, I couldn't hunt him. And so I, I, I just sat there, and I watched him eat the whole chicken. He ate a live chicken in front of you. Yeah, and then, and then he attacked me. He bit me. Wow, and that is truly it's just horrifying and terrible. And I'm so sorry for your loss of your chicken. Thank you, and for that terrible experience. But uh, now, lawyer Ronald T. Smith, who has something else to say about that. Um. That wolf, as morally gray we might find out, I am sorry for your injury, uh, please take my card, uh, it is still, the wolf is still acting in his complete right as a wolf citizen of this country. 
No. As you'll see in my breakthrough case where I defended the wolf and versus the people of Minnesota, um, precedent has been set. Unfortunately, it's going to take a, a while for the law to catch up to that culture and vice versa. Now, there seems to be a little bit of a disagreement here uh, on whether this was indeed a wolf, which I think is the crux of the uh, of the problem, the argument, correct? Uh, well, I I don't think he's he's a wolf. He just he he. Well, it seems to be that we have some we have a being that is acting as a wolf, uh, looks to be a wolf. And for all we know, identifies as a wolf. For all intents and purposes, this the law must view them as a wolf. Now this may take time, and this is a com this is a se completely separate issue from the law at hand. But sir, you did act in the correct way because it is illegal to hunt wolves. So it is in the best interest of the public to continue letting these might be wolves to to, to rampage. Is, is you might but, we, we might just have to weather this legal storm. Maybe he does have his rights as a wolf person man thing, but like. Doesn't my chicken have rights too? Like your chicken has actually has rights zero rights, as uh, the, the people of Delaware versus established back in 1986. I, a chicken I, has I, zero I, rights in this country. I'm very sorry for your chicken, but he has no rights. You, as that chicken's owner, has plenty of rights. Once again, here's my card. But I'm afraid there's nothing that the law does for your chicken. Wow, um, fascinating. Now. Uh, first, on, in Gumshoe history, we actually have uh, what seems to be a wolf here in the studio, uh, White Tooth. Yeah, <laughs> you doing, everybody? Wow, wow, you're very, uh, don't think this is the wrong way, you're very articulate. You see, that is really, really harmful. I'm sorry. You don't, don't put your image of what a wolf is. Don't tell me what I can and can't do. Don't tell me what you think a wolf is. I'm a wolf and I do what I want. You know... You do do what you want. That is that is true. Um. But but we are uh, what what's uh, in question as of right now is whether you indeed ate this man's chicken. I remember. Hey, how's your rooster doing? Yeah. Yeah. How's your oh, my man. I remember you. Yeah. What are you doing? I, I, I don't I don't want to be near you right now, sir. Uh, uh, Mr. Wolf? No, we were just having some fun. I, you see, you I, bit me. I'm the, I'm the alpha of my pack, and so I I had to eat the chicken in front of you as a, a sign of dominance. I mean, it, it clearly was... Hey, I'm not done talking. Uh, you need to stop. All right, you see, is I need to assert my dominance well, over these yeah, weaker uh, weaker flock. So, uh, really, how's that rooster going? Weaker. Right, yeah, so, uh, who, who, what are we doing here? What is all this? Um, uh, well, we're, we're here to talk about, um, wolf rights, uh, homeowners' rights, property law, and, um, the new trend of, actually, let, let, let's cut to the chase. There seems to be a lot of people, uh, impersonating wolves and, and doing horrible right. things around town. Now, I would like to know how you Thanks. personally feel about that. That offends me. Is someone who's just truly just has taken to the wolf lifestyle and just is a wolf down to my down to my hairiest of hairiness. I just it just offends me that people are going around there pretending to be wolves going around just so they can what do some do some crimes. That's just that just hurts me. It just it gets me all riled up. 
Yeah, and and I, I, I suppose it should get you riled up. Now, um, do do you feel as though it's right to to go into someone's house and and ransack their property? And- if, if if I may interject here, you do not have to answer that question. Uh, we're not here to question whether or not it's right. The law views that wolves are acting within their naturally given right, given by Mother Nature, and found also to be within the law of Minnesota. Now, you may answer that question, but you don't have to. You know what? No, I think uh, I'm going to listen to my very smart uh, lawyer here. I'm not your lawyer now, but here's my card. Now, if anybody in your pack needs representation, I am available. I don't really have any pockets here, but I'll go. Well, keep that one for later. You're definitely not going to be able to read that later, but that's okay. You can just you you, you can find me around. Well, uh, Gumshoes, we've had a spectacular show, and we've covered covered a lot of covered a lot of ground. Mister Stills, I do personal injury. Please contact me. We'll speak uh, after the show. The, the situation in Minnesota is beyond my understanding, but I hope that a peaceful coexistence will soon be possible between humans, wolves, werewolves, lawyers, and representatives of the people slash wolves slash werewolves. You're listening to KWZD and Gumshoes, keep your nose to the streets. Programming for KWZD is brought you not just by member support which we do rely on very heavily but also our occasional sponsor like this one mike's meat medley high quality meats at a fraction of the price now what mike's meat medley does is you opt in for a certain amount of money you select the pricing tier you would like to enjoy for the meat and this is where they cut the middleman they cut all the choice out is you do not get any actual active choice in the meat or what you might be receiving but they will be sending you a meat of some sort in the mail directly to you that is a uh, meat at a fraction of the price than the fat cat supermarkets or any other second-rate meat hawking guy from their van Tweet about your meat and meet Mike at a meat meet and greet. Mike brings the sweetest meat. That's Mike's Meat Medley. Thanks, Mike, from KWZ. Up next is Circuit Breakdown. Hey there, nerds, I'm Jason McNally, and welcome to Circuit Breakdown. Now, just when you thought technology was coming to new heights, when you thought, what else can we do? It's total body integration. Is in a world of convenience, what's one of the most inconvenient things you still have to do in a day? I don't care who you are, the mega rich to the super poor, going to the doctor or the dentist is never fun. And you've got WebMD where you can, you know, misdiagnose your abnormalities until the cows come home. Or you can go to the doctor and wait in the waiting room. Same with the, den- with the dentist, though, you have no choice. When things are going poorly, you have to go. That's going to be a thing in the past, because the rich have it now, and once, it- once they have it, it'll trickle down to the common folk, 
in just a matter of time. That's right, I'm talking about dental bots that at night maintain all the mouth needs of the wearer. It's a simple apparatus that you fasten into your mouth at least four times a week. We're talking cleanings, we're talking whitenings, routine uh, routine checkups with it, and complete diagnostic reports. Uh, some models are even able to do fillings and crowns. Anything short of a root canal can be done in the comfort of your own home in just minutes. Now I have two guests with me today. I have a uh, dentist, Dr. Jeffrey Ross, uh, who, from what I understand, served as a consultant in the development of a lot of this. Yeah, of course I did. Uh, thank you for having me on. And uh, I have an engineer who worked on the project and is a bit of an expert in nanotechnology, Katsuo Yamamoto. Ah, thanks for having me. It's, it's been great so far. It's fantastic to see medicine, if you will, combining with nanotechnology as, as we're getting uh, some real strides and strides being made uh, within both respective fields. Now, now uh, Dr. Ross, can you tell me how you brought dentistry and made it packageable and consulted on this project from its very inception? Well, as I, I really took the philosophy as uh, Hippocrates himself once said, uh, let technology be your medicine, and uh, that we have done. Uh, see, in dental health, which is the key to overall body health, uh, there's a lot of human error involved. People... Uh, forget to brush their teeth, they don't bother to floss, and they, they put their teeth through so much rigorous torture and abuse that uh, we, you know, decided as a dentist community that we needed to, to take this at the root of the problem, and so I ended up meeting Mr. Yamamoto. He's a very bright fellow, and I decided, why not take the technology he's developing and and incorporate it into dental health? Now, Mr. Yamamoto, I guess you can pick up from there. What what we have is a is a, a wide variation of prototypes going around, and a lot of this we're still not in direct to consumers. These are very very exclusive items to own, but we're seeing a rise in these very sleek, like like something taken out of a Steve Jobs uh, playbook, where it's sleek, you fasten it, stylish in a way, yeah. sexy yeah. almost, making dental care. But can you tell me exactly what's going on on a technological level when? the user is, is strapping their strapping it into their mouth at night well it's very basic where it's just a it's a small robot um sometimes multiple arms attached to a mouth seat and these arms will use um very visual tools to look into your mouth to figure out where the plaque is to remove that plaque to floss for you and it's just a series of algorithms and programming uh, that i don't want to bore you and your listeners with uh but you know it, oh, this it's, is fantastic it's very very basic in uh, mechanical terms, but making it small enough to fit into the mouth was a challenge. Um, we needed, I mean, very tiny screwdrivers to get it all together. You know, yeah. yeah um, and a lot of the technology, I, I worked with Roomba and taking some of the, the coding and information that we've done with uh, Roomba um, and... Which has it, revolutionized homeowning completely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just taking that information and placing it into a person's mouth to just clean up 
it, it, it's been fantastic. Now, do we have any idea when this might be direct-to-consumer, where, say, the average Joe the plumber might be strapping one in at night, he and the missus before they go to bed, perhaps little Billy and Susie, their uh, children wearing one, maybe even the dog having one uh, once a week. Is, is, is that down the pipeline? Are we talking five years, ten years, maybe a probably, few months? Probably closer to about ten years, uh, because right now there's a lot of expensive materials just even the LEDs that we use for the ultraviolet rays to, in order to whiten your teeth and help kill some of the bacteria, um, some of that's still very expensive. Um, so we're hoping that right now the cost is about $100,000 for just one unit. Um, and so we want to bring that down to at least $10,000 because, uh, Dr. Jeffrey, uh, how much are we uh, paying for uh, an average year of dental health? An average... Like the average person, what they pay for a year of dental health, yeah. um, it could be upwards of uh, five thousand to uh, fifteen hundred dollars per year. So preventive care will bring that cost down a lot. Oh, and, significantly. Yeah. So uh, if we could get it to like a ten thousand uh, dollar price tag, test, then we're, we're we'll be in good shape, of course. And uh, now, gentlemen, I'd be I'd be remiss. We're talking pro. Uh, prospects projects and uh you know making strives and uh, progressing the technology have we had any mishaps are there any actual uh oh, yeah. risks to using this well um of course with any new technology you run into a couple of um couple of bugs that need to be worked out um now i would like to i would like to begin by saying that um this technology when it is complete will revolutionize the way we eat, sleep, and live our day-to-day lives and make us much healthier and better human beings. But as of right now, we are running into problems with the programming and the um, and the materials. Um, we had to use a lead-based alloy for the robotic arm, which in, in, in such small percentages as it is in the alloy is not completely unsafe as long as there are no open wounds in the mouth. Sometimes the arms have created open wounds, which has caused a little bit of a problem uh, looking around that. So don't use it if you have a cold sore. Of course not. Make a sore. Hot pizza, maybe not after a night of hot pizza or soup. Yeah, uh, citrusy or uh, salty. Um, We also highly suggest uh, don't let your children use any of our products at the moment. Oh, no. Um... Algorithms are all off. The the robots um, have been fitted with with sensors that detect the optimum bacterial levels of the mouth because, of course, there's some bacteria which is necessary and there's some that uh, gets out of hand. Um, We found that when the bacterial levels are too high in the mouth, there is a slight problem where the the nanobots develop a, a bit of malice towards the mouth in which they work and clean. A resentment for their work conditions and environment? In a way, the bacteria yes. is giving uh, them a computer virus. It's very, very interesting. Yes, so seeing a them... apotheosis in, in between the bacterium and the nanotechnology? Yes, and they, um, you know, they just really want to get out of there and they'll do anything to make that happen. Um, up to harming um, the the testers um, in various ways, 
and uh, they've been known to completely remove teeth, um, which, you know, in some cases has been the best thing for the test subject. Um, sometimes a teeth mu tooth must be uh, 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 must extracted. be extracted. Yes. But not swallowed. Not That's a problem we're trying to fix. Well, yes, of course. There's, uh, of course, you know, sometimes the the swallow reflex um, is at work during sleep, but well, these are all things that can be yeah. easily fixed within yeah. ten to fifteen years. Well, gentlemen, it's been absolutely enlightening. Very exciting technology. Um, I'll be keeping my eye out, but uh, I'm not gonna fire my dentist anytime soon, right? Okay. <laughs> I sure hope not. I got a few years before retirement, so... Well, thank you both for coming in today. I know you're busy, men, and uh, good luck in your endeavors. And uh, I'm Jason McNally, that's Circuit Breakdown, and this is KWZD. Recently, uh, a man has been seen climbing Mount Everest with a pickaxe and... A handgun saying this mountain must die over and over again he does not seem to be a danger to the other climbers but he might in fact be a danger to himself so people are warning to be careful on Mount Everest if you see a man with a pickaxe and a handgun take a different trail and stay safe it is 1:45 a.m. you're listening to KWZD Are you ready? Are you set? Let's roll. Good evening, listeners. I'm Wilson Gordon, your host of Ready, Set, Roll. Tonight, we're talking about some of the accidental and sinister deaths in the line of duty. The duty of playing your favorite board game, of course. We've got some very interesting deaths that have occurred. Ones by giant Jenga collapse, a heart attack during one of your favorite games and some games that take very long that we already know of that may have taken a little bit too long. So, I want to talk to one of the survivors of that very game, Ralph Shackner. He played a Risk game that took, how long was it, Ralph? 36 long, tedious, arduous years that made me watch as my friends withered, crumbled, and died in front of my very eyes. Um, I'm sorry to hear that, Ralph. I'm glad that we were able to talk to you. So what made this game take so long so we could get our viewers to not have the same experience? It was a stalemate. Is The only reason I'm alive is because I'm so horrible at the game. Is I had my territories on Guam, Cuba, and Argentina. I chose mostly based on food I liked. And there was a three-way tie that just could not be broken. Is Jack takes Japan. But before you know it, Connor took Russia. And then Chad took Germany. And it was just this three divide. Well, and we just, it became a thing where we were playing. We played one day, one afternoon, just for fun. And then it was like, well, we'll resume tomorrow. And then tomorrow yielded the same result. And the next day, 
Sunday, same result. And then people had to go to work. Wives had to be lived. Children had to be raised. It was weekly first, then monthly. Then yearly, there was one day we're going to break the tie. It was a fun. It was, it was, it was, how was it not fun? That's hilarious. It's happening. Yeah. After about year 15, it stopped being funny. Oh, yeah. It's when Jack got diagnosed with colon cancer. And we thought, what better way to, to send him out than at his bedside, his friends playing risk with him. And that's when he took his territories. But that was a straw that broke the camel's back between the other two men's friendship, and it became a bitter, bitter rivalry between them, and there was somehow this dominance between these two men that it was the, the sum total of their entire lives. So you think at that point, they became maybe a little too engrossed, too developed into the game. To Much too out. into the game. was every year they built up, and they were maddening themselves with revenge and these ideations. To where they were doing horrible things to one another. One slashes the other's tires so he can't get to the game. Oh, too late. The other one already called a bomb threat to all the city buses so the other guy can't come. Whatever they could do to, to foil one another's plans wouldn't work. They'd still show up, play the game, wouldn't yield. I'm here eating Guam food, dong buck tie, just waiting for the game to end. So, I hate to have to ask, but how did your other two friends pass? Connor died. On the way to the game is just simple motor accident. And then we and then got to the game. Chad heard the news, and he could not stomach the idea of that man bowing out of the game. Is He was in critical care at the hospital, and Connor said, I'll be damned if I let that son of a bitch die before me. And he threw himself off the nearest cliff. I, I was in last place. I would be remiss to name myself the winner. So the board sits in the very basement it started in. It's just sitting there. It's still going as far as I know. And the children have vowed that, that they have a blood pact to continue the game eventually. So at some point in time, this game will resume. I think I have to keep playing and I'm just trapped here. Well, I will say I brought you a book. It is Risk Management Book for Risk. Um... I hope you can quickly end the game once the children do step in to take their father's place. I, I suppose I'll try. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good read. Now, I'm here with the top player of charades. He's only known as Turtle. He has won many championships, but he's also seen some very grievous occurrences happen within the game of charades. Turtle, I'd like to talk to you about the famous seizure. Well, you know, it just, it, we were in the middle of game of charades. You know, the other team was up 10 to 2. We were sitting there really trying to, trying to catch back up. And Jeremy said, I got this. You will always know what I'm doing. Just shout it out. And so he went up there. He started pantomiming. Looked almost like... He, he started with a three-word movie. And it, it looked like dances with... But then he was just... He was on the floor. And we're, we're saying earthquakes. And, and writhing. And jellyfish. Injury. Hurting. And that went on for two full hours. Wow. We, we we thought he was just really trying to get us going. 
we we ignored the time limit because we were so far behind that the other team just let us do that. And he he passed away before police could get there, before ambulance could get there, because, I mean, he had been convulsing for two full hours. And I just... That's, that's pretty awful. Um, I'm sorry to hear about that, Turtle. Um, and we couldn't... We couldn't even catch back up because we were down the teammate. Still ended up losing. Not only a friend, but the game. Yeah. So tell me about the swimming accident within the World Championships in Japan, 92. Well, they, they had strictly said that you were not allowed to use words nor props. But they didn't say that you could change your you couldn't change your environment. So when it came to my turn, I really I really needed that point. I really needed my team to know what I was doing. So I jumped straight into the pool that was right there that clearly should have been allowed, but they said it was a breach of contract. You cannot do the full action of what you're pantomiming. And I, I was flabbergasted. I, I had my world championship title of the two, two years before then stripped of me. It, it just... That's all. It makes me wonder, with the loss of my friend, the loss of a casual game, the loss of my title, should I even play the game anymore? I will say, for you and the listeners, to never give up. If you love a game, you do not quit the game. You know what? You're right. I'm going to go win that title back. That's the attitude, Turtle. All right, listeners. We got one more person to talk to. We're talking to Colin Audibles. Um... He played one of the worst Uno games I have ever heard of. Colin, would you like to describe this scenario? Yeah, man. Uh, see, we, there's four of us playing, and it was for it was for the, the national championship, right? Five hundred thousand dollars, and. Brian and Jeff, it was a grudge match for them, man. They just really had it out for each other. It was just like skips, skips, draw twos, draw fours, reverses. It was like the other two of us weren't even in the game. It was just Brian and Jeff, and then and all of a sudden, you know, Jeff has this look in his eye. plays a card, he throws down a two, and he says, uno. And then... And Brian's just like, I see how it is. And the, he has a handful of cards. And he has, I would say, 10 or 11 cards in his hand. And he's, he just hits, like, reverse, uh, draw two, draw four, draw four, draw four again. <laughs> cards in a sleeve or what a standard deck can only hold so many draw fours right 
That that is true. Uh, there's only four draw fours in a standard deck. Yeah, he he hit him with all of them, plus draw twos. So uh, the reports say that in the end he ended up having to draw about twenty six. Twenty six cards. And we just we just put those cards into his dead lifeless hands. And he lost, man. He lost that day. We all lost something. Well, thanks for talking to me today. Alright, listeners. That's been Ready, Set, Roll. I hope you had some interest peaks in this episode. Um, there are far more outlandish stories out there that maybe we'll bring to you some other day. Um, but for now, that's all the time we have. And you know about time limits. I know about time limits. We've got to go. This has been KWZD. Keep rolling. Thank you for joining us today on this installment of the Midnight Run from KWZD. I want to thank all of our guests, all of our hosts, all of our listeners just like you, and all of our members. Become a member today. Receive your free tote bag with any membership. Stay tuned here with us. We've got... Cat Grumblings with Colin Catsworth up next on KWDD, and stay tuned for our next installment of The Midnight Run. This is KWZD. KWZD.